Good evening. I don't think I've ever felt a relief to see 27 centigrade on the on the car thermostat. It's uh, just been unbearable. At least I managed to put the air conditioning on. We are in the middle of discussing Amir Akum. We spent last year, and uh, if anybody has any questions, please do ask, because last year was, was uh, extremely practical and relevant, sure, halakhas on Amir Akum regarding visiting sick people, hospitals, nursing homes, etc. So if anybody has anything that they're unclear about, please do ask before we move on. I really ask, if you can't ask, you can do it yourself. No, but one can ask without... Without immediate, straight, yeah. Straight, straight up, yeah. That's based on, the, as we said, that's based on the fact... To buzz you out. That's based on the fact that if we don't allow you... Even taxing to find a minicab, yes. If we, don't, if we don't have... We don't allow you to get out, then you won't, you won't go in first place. So any drabonon we allow you to do. Ideally, I'm really like is best. If you can't, then even, even yourself would be able. Carrying is different. I actually, uh, I think I mentioned it last year. I really do need to go down to the, the Royal Free because they've changed the format downstairs in the AE. Upstairs, you can't carry outside. Outside, in, outside the Royal Free. In the courtyard. Inside, you can carry. Well, no, the ambulances are downstairs. The ambulances go downstairs into AE. So then, they w- they w- then you have to ask the nurse to bring the baby out to the car, can't you? And the A&E, I have to check it because the, the gap, the, the entrance have widened it and it's quite wide now and, and you can get two, two ambulances going by plus pedestrians, it's very wide. I have to check it. If it's wide, then it's, it's, um, it, the wider it is, the more open it is to the street, then it's also to carry inside. Um, we'll have to do something about it because we need to carry, I'm sorry we need to carry on today. It's, it's, I just have enough time to go down and see what we can do. Um, it, it definitely is looking at
Huh? We tell the boys to walk up the stairs. Huh? And if the boy says, we're not we're saying we're not going to go to the 11th floor because it's too hot, too much for us, then we'll let them go up and get the sword. But I'm asking the non Jew to, to press the button. The, the problem with modern lifts are that, that there's a sensor inside the lift which measures your weight and then delivers the, that, the relevant amount of electricity. So by you going in the lift, it changes the, the level of electricity. It, it's amazing. So if there's one person in the lift, it needs less electricity. More people in the lift, it needs more. Sorry? And the vice versa going down. So by you going to this directly, you are affecting electricity. But we're going to discuss a little bit today, perhaps, for electricity. Because it came in, in the previous year, and we'll... we'll, we'll sorry? Well, it tells us much less, much, much more of a problem, because you don't have the hectarium that you have of a chayla. Hopefully somebody's in a hotel, they will help, they're healthy. Even with a Shabbos lift? Shabbos I don't know, it depends what Shabbos Not everybody agrees to Shabbos lift. it depends how they're made. Most Shabbos lifts are just put onto the highest volume of electricity, and the sensors are switched off, so then it's... it's, it's it's slightly different. Um, the, the older Padra was uh, anti all lifts on Shabbos, unless there was a, 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 a need for it, because he held that, that there's something happening, I'm not quite sure. But modern li- we once uh, sat down with one of the Rabbanim to work through the lift in the flat to the bottom of God's Green Road. What's the, what's not, no, the bottom of God's Green Road. Riverside, Riverside Drive. Well, that lift is like, is like a, you know, it's almost ready to go to Beamish. It's just like a, it's an old-fashioned lift, and it's complete, it's, and you can't, you just can't compare one lift to the other. It's, it's no, 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 so we went through it. He wrote, there is a psak given out to the residents of, of, which we worked through, and it should be hanging up there, or one can easily get hold of it. Um, I don't remember, I don't want to answer because I don't remember. There was a difference in going up and going down. There was a bit, a bit of a difference. I don't, I don't exactly remember. Let's move on now to... Uh, another area of Amir Lakum, and this is an extremely, again, an extremely important area of Amir Lakum, also relevant to Halakha Lamaisa, and we'll come back and we'll perhaps amalgamate what we're going to learn now with what we learned in the previous shurim, relevant to practicalities of every Shabbos that, we'll come, that we do come across. And that's the Halakha of, is Amir Lakum permitted for the sake of a mitzvah? For the sake of a mitzvah. Well, here we're talking about, we'll start off talking about asking a non-Jew to do a Malakha Deraisa, to do a real Malakha Deraisa, biblical Issa, in order for a mitzvah. So, I have no light in my room, in my front room, it's dark, it's Friday night, and I want to eat, I've got 50 guests coming, and you can't eat when it's dark, we know that when, when you eat when it's dark, eat, the food has very little taste, so there's no oinek shabbos. So can I ask a non-Jew to come in and switch on, we'll talk about normal lights, we'll come and discuss all different lights a bit later. Can I switch on my normal lights, I've got normal bulbs, old-fashioned, I'm an old-fashioned man, I've got normal bulbs in my front room, can they come in, in my dining room, can they come and switch on the light for me, so that I can eat and enjoy, and be kind of mitzvah deraisa of the cross of the Shabbos Oynik to become the mitzvah of Oynik Shabbos this is dependent this is a very very big discussion in the, in the Rishonim most Rishonim take on that Amir Akum for the sake of a mitzvah is forbidden to ask a non-Jew to do a mitzvah to do a malacha de for the, sake, for the sake of a mitzvah is not permitted however there is a view called the Baladito who he holds that Amir Akum for the sake of a mitzvah is permitted how whether we rely on the, on the Baladito we don't rely on the Baladito how when we do and when we don't is a huge discussion in the posthum and the underlying line, the underlying suck in the possum is that we don't really rely on the balayetu unless it's a really, really a tzorich godel. A mitzvah with, with a tzorich godel and you can't manage without it, then there is a, a little bit of room to be lenient. So for instance, the prima godel talks about the case if you, uh, there's a town that doesn't have a shul 
and they're building a shul. And the only way they can build a shul and be allowed to build a shul, the, 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 the building should be permitted by the authorities, etc., is if they finish it in a very short amount of time, which will necessitate that they have to allow the building to be built on Shabbos. Which means I'm asking a non-Jew to do a malacha the rest of now building a shul for me. It's a to it. It's very important. We need to have a shul. So there, that's called the Tzorich Godel. A town without a shul is, is very not much of a town. It needs a shul. Big mitzvah. You have to have a shul. Therefore, the Tzorich Mitzvah, I mean, I could maybe say the Prima Godel, that would be permitted. But it's got to be a Tzorich Godel. It can't be, it can't be, it can't be not, uh, uh, you know, only half a Tzorich. So if I have my food on my hot plate and it goes off, and the only way I can keep it warm is by taking it next door, but I, in order to get next door, I have to cross the Rosh Hashanah and the Raisa. That would be a mula akum tzorich mitzvah. No, to eat cold food. Not, not so necessary. So eat food doesn't have to be so hot. Perhaps there the tzorich gobble isn't, isn't such a huge, uh, isn't such a big push. Where this discussion, is, okay, we'll come back in a moment, the discussion actually stretches, it, it, it has some historical content to it. The, the, this machlekes is a machlekes only regarding amir l'akum l'tzorich mitzvah, only he's doing a malacha deraisa. Then we take on, ideally we don't do it. Ideally we don't do it. If, however, we're talking about amir l'akum to do a drabonom for the sake of a mitzvah, I can't ask a, a non-Jew to do even a malacha drabonom for me. I can't ask him to do a malacha deraisa, and I can't ask him to do a malacha drabonom. But if there's a tzorich mitzvah, then I'm allowed to ask him to do a malacha drabonom. So, for instance, if Aaron Kotler was once giving a share in gated in the shul in Gateshead many years ago I think my father told me the story if I remember rightly he was giving I remember my father my father not I think it was my father he was giving a shear in Gateshead shul and there was a machine he did a safer uh, I don't know if any of you have ever seen the men's section in Gateshead shul there's not many swarm in there so it's like an old fashioned shul with a few little swarm like our base our shul and there's no base of Knesset no base of Medrash on the site there's very few swarm in the complex of the Gateshead shul so he called over one of the people in the shin. he said go over the road to the yeshiva and bring me a safer or get a non jew bring me a safer. This is Amir Akum to cross over a road. Now, Gateshead, in those days for sure, didn't have 600,000 people in it. Uh, it's definitely only a drop on it's only a camlet. Amir Akum, the Tzayach Mitzvah, he's giving a shame, he needs a safer. Amir Akum, the Tzayach Mitzvah, is absolutely fine. If it's a shvus, a shvus. So Amir Akum, the Tzayach Mitzvah, when it's only a drop on it, is permitted. Now, there's a huge difference. Amir Akum, and the director for Chayla we allow, we allow you to ask a non-Jew to do a Malacha de Raisa, don't forget, that's what we discussed last week, the Heta of Chayla is even for a Malacha de Raisa, even a Biblical Issa you're allowed to ask a non-Jew to do. But when it comes to Mitzvah, that's already at uh, one level less, except for the Bala Itu, who he, puts, he equates it to, and says Chayla and Mitzvah is the same, we don't pass Kanada Bala Itu, only in a very, in, in dire circumstances, but we allow you to do a Lakum a Shus, on a Drabona, a Shus to Shus, the Tzorik Mitzvah, a Lakum with a Shus to Tzorik Mitzvah that we do allow. That we do that. Where this? Okay. Then there's a the third. Okay. That's, that's that's two. So we have a meal akum which is the right, so we don't allow. A meal akum which is bonon, we do allow. There's a halfway mark. There's some sort of compromise somewhere in between, and this is where we talk about a seirach rabbim, a mitzvah, the rabbim, something which is not just a personal mitzvah, not my through the shabbos, but it's a mitzvah, the seirach rabbim. So, for instance, you come into the shul on a Friday night. And or, or Shabbos afternoon, Mincha, and it's dark. I remember many times that we, my father used to be robbing a shul in, in Hackney. We used to walk over from Mincha Shabbos afternoon, 
and uh, it was like uh, it was I don't know if knows of Montague Road it was the, the continuation of Montague Road where Montague Road was closed down that was a shul where Rodesto was robbed and eventually they amalgamated it was called West, West Happy Synagogue it was a federation shul that doesn't exist anymore it's a block of flats today um, it was a beautiful big shul beautiful shul and we used to go there for Shabbos every Shabbos we used to walk it's about a 20 minute walk half an hour walk it was very nice prime time the only time I ever saw my father during the week was I walked into shul on Shabbos it was wonderful and we used to get there, and sometimes the, the time clock wasn't, you're talking about 40 years ago, so sometimes the, the time clock wasn't, wasn't quite working. So I remember standing in, in, in the foyer of the shul, and one of the gentlemen came up to my father and said, he says, Rabbi, he says, can I do the elbow job? <laughs> so, elbow job, my father wouldn't allow an elbow job. But he said, you can call in a non-Jew. Why can you call in a non-Jew? Because this non-Jew is doing what? He's going to switch on a light. In those days, lights were all normal bulbs. So you're going to switch on a light, which is a malacha director. Let's say what? Let's say mitzvah, but we don't allow a malacha director to say mitzvah. Let's say mitzvah the rabbim. That's different. Say mitzvah the rabbim. That's different. Now this has a huge historical uh, context to the question, to the shaila. Historically, you can imagine Yom Kippur. Let's go back three, four, five hundred years, where shuls and halls and bateknesias and houses were lit up by candlelight. So you had a candle, a lamp, which was a, 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 a wick with some oil. And that's how you so it comes to Yom Kippur. Okay, so Leil Yom Kippur, fine. Motzei Shabbos is fine. You wait till Motzei Shabbos, and then the Shabbos will go around and light the candle, so you can see what you're what you're reading from Motzei Shabbos. When it came to Neila of Yom Kippur, we had a problem. The candles from yesterday were all gone out. So during the day Yom Kippur, we can read. We can read by natural light. Big windows. Shuls have big windows. Natural light. When it comes to Leil to Neila and all the piyutim and all the yeshus and, and, and all the slichas. How then? How's anybody going to read it? So the, this controversy raged in the, in the Middle Ages, in the time of the dawn and earlier. Can the non-Jew come in on Yom Kippur afternoon and light the candle in the lamps so that when it comes to Neila, people will be able to read their mass? Is that called a shvus, Amir Lakum L'Tzerich Mitzvah Rabbim? Or is it not called Amir Lakum L'Tzerich Mitzvah Rabbim? Now, the controversy was how important, and I know it's, it's the wrong show to talk about this, but how important is it to say speakers? However, the Shemayin Esra, you, st- you start your Neila Shemayin Esra a little bit early, so then it's still light. But the problem is, as you get to Chazor Shashat and Neila and Slichas, that's when it becomes difficult, you know. Hashemayin Yisalachti or Hashem Hashem, we don't know all the Slichas off the heart. How do we know it? So we're going to get stuck. So the, 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 the controversy raised around, is that called Tzarek Rabbim or is it not called Tzarek Rabbim? We say, okay, so you know what? So you won't say Neila. Can you imagine the Neila? You say, you won't say Slichas. You know, you say Shemayin Esra, and that's, that's all you Mechayiv. In we don't have to say Slichas, it's very nice. We all scream and shout, it's very nice, but we don't have to say Slichas. Or do we say no? But the, the Tzibur wants to say Slichas, it's very much part and parcel of the end of the avoid of, of Yom Kippur. Huge controversy. The Gone Held You Shouldn't Have to Say that Tzibur's on it. It was, it was many, many Tzibur's written about this question. Can we light the candles for Neila? So you get an idea of how, how necessary it's called necessary. If I would have asked you, you said, of course, you need to say speakers, but is it really necessary? Is it really necessary? And that's where it becomes difficult to actually get the fine line. What's called necessary and what's not called necessary? That's always the, what we call the shikh ladar, the, the mindset of a rob. Some rob will turn around and say, it's very necessary to have this and this and this. And another rob will say, it's not so necessary. And that's where you will find changes sometimes in psak when it comes to these types of things. What's called necessary, what's called the tsayr, what's not called the tsayr. So we have three different levels of Amir Lakum here. We have Amir Akum, the Tzarech Mitzvah, which we only allow when it's really a Tzarech Gogu. And the example given in the Tzarech Gogu is where a, a town without any shul, the town will never have a shul if you don't allow the non-Jew to build it. Then there's room to, to maneuver. Otherwise, we don't allow Amir Akum, the Tzarech Mitzvah. 
Secondly, if it's um, shvus to shvus, amir lachum the serv drabbonon, only to do malacha drabbonon the serv mitzvah. That's also permitted. That's only malacha drabbonon. Oh, it's amir lachum the serv rabim. Then we allow that too. We allow that too. What's called the serv rabim? Then we have to make sure the rabb has to decide. That's called the serv. If it's a serv rabim, that's fine. So to come on a Shabbos afternoon and it's boiling hot, 30 degrees out, and it's you're, you're, it's four o'clock in the afternoon, you're about to give your shit, and everybody's sitting there, they're sweltering away, and, and you know very well that within three and a half minutes of you droning on, they're going to all in this heat. Can you? I didn't say anything to that. Can you call a non-drain to switch the air conditioning on? But don't forget, air conditioning we have an extra cooler. We, dis- we discussed this at the end of the show last week. I don't know if we did, but we should have. That it could be just like cold is called khayli. Heat is also called khayli. If you look at everybody walking around northwest London today, you see them trudging around like, like the world's about to come to an end. They just literally can't put one leg in front of each other. The heat is very debilitating. So we consider everybody a khayli when it comes to the, this level of heat. Therefore, you can ask an Andrew to put the air conditioning on. So we have two reasons why we can ask an Andrew. One is because it's the Sayyid Rabim. And two, because... It may even be considered because heat is, when, when it gets to this level of heat we're considered sick so uh, uh, we, we get some sort of understanding of the, of the different types of of heterium for the tzorich mitzvah and let's now broaden it and bring it down to practical local mitzvah one of these controversies which before the area of, in northwest London was actually came into, into being and perhaps was one of the causes why the area was brought in were two shivers and predominantly one you have an, uh, an elderly person, an uh, elderly lady, or an elderly man, who is wheelchair bound, meaning they can walk a little bit, perhaps they can walk around the house with a walker, with a, with a, with a, with a walking stick, but there's no way that they can get to shul. Are you allowed to get a non-Jew to push them to shul on Shabbos or not? Right? Let's assume that there's Rishus Rabbim in North Pakistan, and that's why we don't take we don't allow the area because we're assuming the Goldsgreen Road is a Shusser Abbey the right, so it's a central road it goes all the way from I don't know down there all the way to down there central t- center of town to here it really does so it's a Shusser Abbey the right, and if not we'll find other reasons why we'll make it a Shusser Abbey the right, but let's assume it's a Shusser Abbey the right, I have this gentleman he's an old man he wants to come to shul he'd like to come to shul can I get a non-Jew to push him to shul or not historically they're one of the very machmi why I don't know but they were very machmi and it created a, 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 an atmosphere and I was telling this to me once he said it created an atmosphere of, of we need to find a way around this we need to create a system so that people can not feel that they're housebound today we allow non-Jews I actually said to Rabbi Thelman Rabbi Thelman I'm very happy to uh, get non-Jews to push you to Shul and Shabbos every Shabbos my responsibility and he would allow me to really he's just, he would allow that to happen he just can't do that since he himself didn't allow it but the reason is because what, what's happening when a, a, a non-Jew pushes an elderly man to shoot? What's he doing? What's he doing? So he's pushing a man which seems to be carrying. Pushing something along the ground is also carrying, right? If you take a ball and you roll it along the ground, that's called carrying. As we'll learn when we learn the halachas of Hitzah. So pushing him is carrying. He's carrying him from a Shusri He's carrying him in a Shusri Abim. Daladamus, he's stopping and starting the traffic lights, etc. He's doing Daladamus in a Shusri Abim. And he's bringing him back into another Shusri when he brings him from the street into Shul. So why would we allow? And the answer is very simple. The non-Jew is Amir Lakum. The Pushing that the, the elderly gentleman is what we have a rule is chaim uh, a living person who can walk himself doesn't have to walk far he can walk a few steps it's considered that he carries himself there is no issa to carry a, a living person a living being an animal uh, uh, somebody who cannot physically walk at all yeah. is, we, we, we would consider non-chaim but, but we, we, those types of people rarely go to shul 
we're talking about an elderly gentleman or elderly woman who wants to come to shul. So what am I doing? I'm asking a non-Jew to push a wheelchair with a, a live person in it. And the rule is that if the person needs the chair, then the chair becomes secondary to the person. It becomes subordinate to the person. So he's not considered pushing the chair either. We're not carrying the chair. You're just doing a high no setup. So I'm asking a non-Jew to do a shus. So he ends up being a non-Jew doing a malachal drabana for what? For the sake of this man being able to daven but tibble. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Amir lakum with a shuz, a full shuz, the tzayich mitzvah, perfectly permitted. A drabonon. Shuz is when it's only drabonon. The word shuz means drabonon. It's a mitzvah. Is there no mitzvah done with tibble? That's a huge machlekes, but... But he's not an oinus if I can get the guy to push him. It's tzayich mitzvah. You can say the same when it comes to Shabbos food. You can't. What should I do? I'm an owner. No, I have a way around it. That's called a Tzarek Mitzvah. The, the need of a Mitzvah allows me to allow a non-Jew to do a Drabonon. Pushing a... Sorry? We'll come to a moment. We're going to discuss it in a minute. Pushing a man to Shul is, seems to go under the category of Amir Lachum is Tzarek Mitzvah. Perfectly permitted. It's a, a non-Jew doing a Drabonon, a Shavus, doing a Drabonon of Chai Nosis Asma. Not very... Not a huge Yisra. A Drabonon. The Tzarek Mitzvah be no problem at all. And therefore, today, you will see all elderly men being pushed to shul on Shabbos by non-Jews. No problem at all. I don't see what the problem is. And that, that's the, the, the custom accepted now in North West London. I was uh, called many years ago by one when I first came, when I first allowed this. So one of the uh, uh, senior abonim in town, he's not in town anymore, I should be named nameless, he told me after he gave me what for. He said, how can you allow such a thing? Yeah, yeah. So I said, that's a rabbi. I don't, I, I, if you tell me to stop, I'll stop. But I don't see what the problem is. It's I'm asking a non-Jew to push an old man who can walk, so it's high notice. So he said, oh, you're right, put the phone down. And the next week he allowed all the old men to come to short shots. And you're kind of pushed, 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 pushed by a non-Jew. That's very controversial. I don't want to get into that conversation. You, you push me. But, but there's no difference between a non-Jew and a Jew who carries on shots. No, and I don't mean that. I don't mean that. It means that halacha. There's not the, 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 the point is not the non-Jew. It's not a non-Jew doesn't have a new status. The, the, um, the, the status of a non-Jew is someone who's potter from the mitzvah. So if somebody carries an area, as far as I'm concerned, he's someone who... But I can't ask him. I would, I would rather ask a non-Jew than ask a Jew who carries an area. Because if I believe the area is no good, then why should I ask another person, even though he's carrying anyway, to do something which I think is wrong? So we, don't, we will discuss a scenario where we do allow it, but we'll come back to that in a moment. This is all regardless of error. Totally and utterly regardless of error. Completely regardless of error. Okay, so then you ask me a very good question. That would only apply to a man, because a man has a mitzvah to come to shul, but there's a woman. Well, a woman has a mitzvah to daven, and if a woman says to me she can't daven at home properly, she doesn't daven at shul, then there's a mitzvah for a woman to daven too, so I would allow a woman to come. But in truth, I actually believe there's a second reason why an old man or an older lady can be pushed to shul in Shabbos. That is, an elderly person who is housebound would have the category of a sick person. If they're housebound, then they're sick. You can't consider them well people. And if they're, n- they're sick people, then at the end of the day, an amir akum, I to ask a non-Jew to do a drabonon for what? Somebody who is a chayli. doesn't have to be deathly ill, even partially ill. He doesn't even have to be a chayli kalagok. Even a mixed chayli is already shush to shush. Amir akum to do a drabonon is permitted. So I've got a double whammy here. Why can't I allow this man or woman to come to shul on a Shabbos being pushed by a non-Jew. I don't see the problem. 
the Chaim Asmoy. And in worst case scenario, if you want to be really from and say women shouldn't come to shul because the Vilna Gaon said they shouldn't go to shul and blah blah, okay, but if it makes a woman feel better and it makes the man feel better, then I've got a miracle. The Sari Chaim. I don't see a problem at all. So then, if, if, if they are sick or unwell people, then that's called the Tzarek Hagi. If Moshe Feinstein allows a non-Jew to push an elderly person to the park and shelter off them. If, if it's, it's going to make a difference to their health. If a, 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 a person who's in an, an old age home can, be, can go out to, to eat in a private home, it makes them feel like, like a mensch again. It makes them feel normal, 100%. Again, don't forget, all this is a drabonon. The Tzarek what? The Tzarek Hagi, no. Just, it doesn't, two steps, it doesn't have to walk much. Just that, that they, they yeah, even with help, even with help, even with help. That's called the high-noses up there. If they even if they can't walk it, but they, they can carry themselves, maybe. If you're somebody that is comatose or has to show them, then that's not called the high-noses up there. A young baby is not called the high-noses up there. A baby that crawls is probably already called the high-noses yeah. It's probably called the high noise that's happening. It's considered. It's so that's why we get people to push away. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Don't, don't start. Don't be. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in a moment. <laughs> no, nothing to do with area. You go to Central and Oxford Street and you want to take an elderly gentleman to Shul, pushed by a non Jew, a man who can technically walk a few steps. No problem. Amir Lakum doing a drabonon for the sake of a mitzvah. Or Amir Lakum doing a drabonon for the sake of somebody who's unwell. No laws have changed. This has been given from Hatina all the way down. They become more well used. The, the older Padma was very, very anti with this because not because of Allah, because he held that if you allow this, you're going to denigrate Shabbos. But once the air is put out, so then the Shabbos is, is denigrated anyway in that sense. So then, on the contrary, to protect the area, to save people from feeling that they need to go down the route of being making because of the area, so we, have, we, we went back to what's called basic halakhas. No, these halakhas are around in all over the world, everywhere. I told you, Moshe Sanchez in Manhattan allows uh, carers to take a, uh, an elderly person to the park and shop this afternoon. Why not? He, he's an unwell man. Go to the park, we'll revive him, give him a little bit of, of, of uh, uh, some sort of fear, some sort of, of um, feeling of... of Satisfaction and, and give his emotional uh, his emotions a little bit of a boost. Why not? The Sari Khaila, Amir Lakum. Come to the next, this is a, a really good question. What about pushing buggies with babies on shelves? Pushing buggies, buggies with babies. Now, as we mentioned a moment ago, there's a dif- difference between a baby who, who's a, a, a baby that can't move on its own to a baby that can move on its own. A baby that can't move on its own, we're talking about perhaps doing a Malacca de Reza. When it comes to a baby that can move, a toddler, then we're talking about Drabonon again. But don't forget, the only heter is to Amir Lakum, to allow non Jew to do, to push the Tzarech Mitzvah. Ah, the Tzarech Mitzvah. So what's called a Mitzvah? Now what's called a Mitzvah? Is there a Mitzvah for my child who lives 10 minutes away from me to come to me for a meal on Shabbos and therefore I have to get. If he wants to be a Kabbalah Kibbutz other him, come and knock on my door and come say hello to me. He doesn't need to eat in my house. So, <laughs> that's not a mitzvah. It is a mitzvah. It's not. 
to be able to have their grandchildren over for Shabbat because our lives have become so crazy. Shabbat is the only time. There are many people who love eating steak on Shabbos. Is that like a mitzvah for the child to bring steak around for Shabbos? That's not a mitzvah. If there's a mitzvah of kibbutz meaning that it's necessary for the parent to have the child there, fine. If you tell me that the, 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 the mother-in-law is going to crack up if her daughter and the grandchild doesn't come for the meal, then maybe you're right. But if there's absolutely it's just a nice, that's not a mitzvah. There's very little need for that. So let's go slowly. So let's go slowly. What about simchas now? So this is a common question which I get all the time. Pushing buggies. So we're talking pushing buggies. What about a, any age buggy now? We're talking about any age buggy, a, a, a baby or even a toddler. So what about going to a simcha? That's the next question. So m- most people now shall know that you can't push a buggy just to go and eat in your parents' and parents' north house. And if the parents and parents don't want their children, they should make the food, take it around to the house and eat in their house this morning, and that's perfectly fine. There are some, some, some rabbonim, and I will say this clearly, there are one or two rabbonim who allow children to go and eat in their parents' house, because they say they've got a, 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 a logic like this, and I don't agree with it at all. And I've told them so. Uh, they say, well, you're allowed to go to your parents, right? Uh, I want to go and eat by my parents, I'm not going to eat by my parents. Once I'm at my parents, I know one second, my baby can't stay at home on its own. So then it's called, the baby's called, the need the, sorry, she needs a mother, the, the baby, the boy, the girl needs the mother. Once that, I, I don't, you know, I don't like that. You know, it's like saying I'm going I'm to eat some poison so I become not one of Shabbos so I can ask a non-Jew chassam I can't put myself into a situation. It's not so straightforward. There are different uh, uh, indications in the Mishnah Buri either way but it doesn't make sense to me that you can put yourself in a situation where I'm going to be forced to ask the Nogu to do a malafa for me that doesn't sound right doesn't sound right so we don't allow it most Rabbanans don't allow it next stage is what about Simchas can we push Baggies to Simchas a brist a Vanitza Shemgrochus these are the common Shabbos questions now again the criterion has got to be is it Lutzerich Mitzvah is it not Lutzerich Mitzvah what's called Lutzerich Mitzvah is it necessary for a sister-in-law to be at the bris? It may be very nice for her to be at the bris, and it may be that, that it'll give pleasure to the parents and pleasure to... to but is there a mitzvah involved? I'm sorry to break it to you, but there's very little mitzvah for you to go to the bris suda. There's very little mitzvah. So how can I say, yes, get an laundry to push you to a, to a bris suda on a Shabbos morning because you fancy you don't want to be left out? You don't want to be left out. It's a problem. I, I understand the problem. I sympathize. But is that called a serif mitzvah? Uh, you're asking your non-Jew to do a malacha. Maybe a malacha direct if the baby's a, a young child. I'm pushing through a street if we don't agree with the Arab. Let's assume we're not talking about in Gold's Green, you're talking about Oxford Street. You're asking them to push them through a shusarabim there, I For what? Is that called a mitzvah? And then we move on to a bar mitzvah. How much of a mitzvah is a bar mitzvah? A bar mitzvah is a wonderful mitzvah. It's a wonderful mitzvah. In the old days, a bar mitzvah was a boy came into shul in the morning. And he put his children on, they made a bit, a bit of cake in the Lachaim, and that was the end of the Suda. And he said, okay, so we do a bit better today, we have a nice Suda, Lachaim, the Mitzvah, it's becoming a, a, a and we have all the Rapponim there, and very nice. It's all very nice. But is it a Mitzvah for me to be there? Am I enhancing? Am I changing? Is something get lost here if I'm not there? See, it's very sad, don't get me wrong, it's very sad that my family's not around in the Mitzvah. And it's, 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 you know, sentimentally, it's very difficult. But can I, without a conscience, with a clear conscience, can I say, I'm asking a non-Jew to push my baby to the shul with Tzoyach Mitzvah. It's very hard. It's very difficult. It depends. Now, if the, 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 the parents or the grandparents will be broken because that daughter the child. So then every situation has got to be re-evaluated. Is it called a Tzoyach Mitzvah? Is it not called a Tzoyach Mitzvah? If I'm going to really hurt someone by not coming there, then maybe that's called... It. So you've got to assess each situation on its own. Well, come just one more moment if you don't mind. We've got to assess each situation on its own. But to give a blanket header that because of the Mamitra there, that you're allowed to push, very difficult. It's not much at all. 
where it becomes a bit easier is when we're talking about a simcha of a shabbos. There, there is a mitzvah to be misamech on the cover. And if you're going to tell me that by me not by a sibling not being there, or, or a very close friend not being there, or a close cousin not being there, the chos and the color are going to there's going to be some uh, distraction or some detraction from their level of simcha. Then, oh, that's already a tzarek mitzvah. So there, the, the ability for us to say yes, allow non to push, is much easier. So shavuot is always easier because it's a tzarek mitzvah. There. Is that tzarek mitzvah for bar mitzvah? Depends on the scenario. A bris. Very difficult. Very difficult. I can't say never until bris because again, depending on the on the situation. But primarily, those will be the criterion for 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 pushing a buggy. The circumstances. To go just eat Friday night with the friends, or to go eat by your parents. I don't see the, the, the mitzvah. There. It's very nice. I don't see it as an, as a mitzvah which would allow us to do an amir akum. A bris a bar mitzvah. A bit dodgy. Shabbos is much more to me. Sorry. So shabbos will allow you. So that is this, uh, a discussion in the in halacha. To take a bris in the, in, in the old days, all bris was on a shul to carry. There, the, the, the discussion of asking a non-Jew to carry it across the, the town square, that, that's where it's discussed. Today we don't do that because today a bris and shabbos is always on a shul. Always on. No one allows a bris today to be taken a shul. We totally disregard the area. We, we, I mean, Rabbi Kham believe that the, the, an area is an, only an area if you consider the area not to be a Shazaram. The moment you consider it to be a public domain, you can put up beautiful strings and, and poles and it doesn't make it possible. So Rabbi Kham would disregard the area completely. And we've carried on with that, with that we've not uh, changed the, the policy in Shul. Uh, those who, who do not agree to the area do not agree that they hold it, it doesn't work. Uh, and to be honest with you, according to most views, it probably is not. Uh, the area is an area according to a, a small percentage of the views of the possible. So, would I like to pass in a shayla based on the fact that it's an area? Are we clear? Okay, let's move on. We've got a few more minutes. Let's move on to another area. I hope it wasn't too controversial. But, but that's it. That's how we're, you know, how we're passing the last 10 years. 11 years since we've come. And that's the reasoning behind it. Let's move on to another another area of Amir Lakum, the Sarek Mitzvah, though switching on lights. We started this year discussing switching on lights for my meal. I come Friday night to my house and my lights are off. Can I get a non-Jew to switch on my lights for me? So historically a light was always a, a, a bulb with a filament inside. When you switched on the lectures, the, the bulb would light up, the filament would get red hot and that would, that would emit the light and that's how we re- received the light. That was therefore, when I switched on my light, I was actually doing two separate things. I was creating a circuit and I was creating fire. Now, creating fire is a malachal direction, Shabbos. Okay, so malachal direction, creating fire is a malachal direction. Creating a circuit, what am I doing when I switch electricity on? Am I doing anything wrong? You won't find anywhere in the Torah a discussion on electricity because electricity didn't exist in the time of Chazal. So therefore, there's, there's no precedent to understand how to relate electricity to halakha. Therefore, there was a huge discussion just pre-war, when electricity first became a household commodity, whether switching and making a circuit, creating electricity, is that a malakha or not a malakha? It wasn't relevant so much in those days, because whenever you put electricity on, you were switching on a light. 
though it was relevant because it's called directly switching on light, it's called indirectly switching on light, but let's assume it was called directly switching on light. So it wasn't really relevant. Whereas today it's become extremely relevant because be it that a normal bulb would be a malacha derisa of Havara, and perhaps even a fluorescent light would be a malacha derisa because the pins on the fluorescent, on the, on the fluorescent becomes red hot, it becomes real fire, it's red hot, so it could be a malacha derisa. But today most houses are full of LEDs, and if yours aren't, they will be very soon. LEDs are not fire. There's no fire in LED whatsoever. Absolutely no fire whatsoever. So when I switch on the light, an LED light, I'm not doing a malacha derisa, at least regarding the light, because the light is not a fire. I'm doing nothing. It doesn't say anywhere in the I can't create light, I can't create fire. There's no fire in LEDs. So technically speaking, it should be okay to switch on a, a bulb on shops. Whereas, the only problem that's left is the problem of electricity. And this was a huge controversy again, pre-war, between the Khamenei, who held that he can't see anything wrong with electricity, and the Khaznish, who took on that m- creating an le- electric circuit is a Melacha de Reisa, a Melacha de Reisa of Boina. And he came out with an unbelievable Chiddush, and I have the heart to understand Boina, it's not the forum made to discuss that, but creating a circuit, and it's not just creating a circuit, creating a means for something that can't be activated, to become activated, is itself like building a new entity. So the Khaznish held, and it seems that he held, Creating a circuit is a malacha derisa boina, or even if the circuit's in place, just creating extra electricity, like a dimmer light, which a dimmer light means you switch the dimmer up or down, all you're doing is re- decreasing the electricity with a resistor, or increasing the electricity, removing the resistor. You're not changing the actual circuit, would also be from the Khadmish, in simple terms, the malacha derisa, because you're creating an entity that didn't ex- exist before and now exists. Nothing to do with fire. Nothing to do with fire. So, according to the Chazanish, any electric circuit is a Malacha Dresel Boina. Any light bulb, which is a fire-based light bulb, a fluorescent or a normal bulb, etc., would be considered fire. An LED would not be considered fire. So can I allow you to come home on a Friday and switch on the LED light? Of course not. Because it's been accepted in Kalishov that electricity is considered a Malacha, and that we don't allow electricity to be used. However, however, not everybody actually agrees with the Chazanish. In fact, most people don't agree with the Chazanish. And they take on that electricity is not a malacha derisa because where it, it doesn't fit into the parameters of boina. It doesn't quite fit into the, the parameters of what we seem to understand would be the malacha of building on Shabbos. So the post can take on that yes, we're machmir for the chaznish, the chaznish called it derisa, we're machmir, but we are making and we allow it to be considered rabbonon in situations of need. Meaning, so when we discuss the halachas of a chayla in the previous year, the halachas of Chayla, we will consider electricity only to be a drabonon. So therefore we spoke about allowing doors to, doors to open, pressing bells, uh, all the speaker systems that, that you activate when you walk through the hospitals. These are all nothing more than elect- creating electric currents. Creating electric currents for the sake of a Chayla, we, we, we give it the status of only a drabonon. But when it's outside this, the, the need of a Chayla, we revert back to it being an eraser. I know it sounds strange, but that's accepted halacha in, in most of Kalishol, that we consider electric bulb, uh, electricity to be a deraiser unless it's for the sake of a chayla. For the sake of a chayla, we, we downgrade it to the state of a drabona. So therefore, when, for that solar, for instance, if there's electricity there, any electric which is necessary for that solar today will not have any lights. It'll always be LED lights, or it'll be uh, just a, a, a circuit without, without any fire there whatsoever. So therefore, we're automatically, when it comes to that solar, can downgrade everything to a drabonon. And then once we're dealing with drabonons, and we're talking about sick people, everything becomes a little bit more flexible, and a bit more easier to manage. And you go to visit a hospital, we downgrade electricity to a drabonon. 
therefore we have flexibility. When it comes to anything else, we don't like to use electricity as a garbonum. Maybe when it comes to the Tzarek Rabbim, where again we allow Amir La'akum, and many people allow Amir La'akum with Tzarek Rabbim, even on a Shavuz Dereiter, so if you come to a shul and the lights are off, and, and you could technically perhaps just about daven without switching the lights on, but if the lights are LED lights, like all these lights in my I'm sure all LEDs, if you allow the, all the, the, all the, if you, if the LED lights, so what we're talking about, Amir La'akum, the Tzarek Mitzvah, when there's a rabbin there, and it's only, what, electricity? No, that I would allow somebody to do, because I'm asking to Amir La'akum, the Tzarek Mitzvah, the rabbin, where many of you hold that anyway permitted, and even if it's not 100% necessary, we can consider the electricity to be a drabonum. So you, you get a picture that electricity, be it, being it a controversial subject, there's a little bit more room to maneuver and a bit more flexibility to play with. That, but by no means does that mean, therefore, I can disregard electricity completely. Of course not. We take electricity to be a deriser unless there's a need to downgrade it to a drabonum. So when we need to, then we can rely on those views and those shifters and those poskim who take electricity to be a drabonum. But otherwise, we always take electricity to be a deriser until it's necessary. One of the, the big questions which are on, on the, uh, on the uh, horizon at the moment is what we call water meters. The, the water companies are all changing. It's becoming mandatory soon. Everybody's going to go onto a water meter, and all water meters are going to become digital water meters. Digital water meters mean that every time you take water, it spins a, a wheel, which is registered on a digital, on a digital measure. Every few hours, it sends the message straight to the central computer, and everything's live. So as I take water, it's spinning, it's registering immediately on the digital, on the digital uh, screen, or if not a screen, on the digital reader. And then every few, every six hours, it sends off the message to the to central computer. So it's updating itself constantly, the whole time. Whether you take water, you don't take water, it updates. Yes, more water has been consumed. That's, this way they have unbelievable control of what's going on in the water consumption. They know exactly how much water is there, how much water needs to open up, how much water needs to let out, etc., etc. Amazing. In, in many houses have electricity like that today. Many have smart meters, gas and electric smart meters. A smart meter is exactly the same thing, except that gas and electricity doesn't bother us in the showers, because I never switch on gas, I never switch on electricity. But water is a big problem. Every time you go to the bathroom, every time you take a drink, every time you switch on the tap, you're pulling water out of the system, which therefore triggers the wheel to turn, which then creates we don't know exactly what happens, we're still trying to get to the bottom of it. What does it create? Does it create a new electric current? Does it not create a new electric current? If it creates a new electric cu- current, I'm creating electricity every time I open a tap. And this is, this is a, a huge, huge problem, which is going to hit England very, very soon. In Ethisrol, the, 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 the Orthodox, the Haredi, I don't have already met with the company that makes these, and they've made a Shabbos version of, of this. Yes, they made a Shabbos version for, for the Haredi uh, areas. They made a Shabbos version, where I think on Shabbos it doesn't measure immediately, or I'm not quite sure exactly how it works. What's interesting is that the water companies here are buying the same machinery from the Israeli company. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, and they've already been starting negotiations to see whether they can maybe buy the Shabbos version rather than the plain version. And, and they've been very, very understanding. But just to give an, ex- an understanding of how electricity is really, really going to affect our lives regularly. Really going to affect our lives. You walk in the street to Shul on Shabbos, you're crossing tens of cameras. Every, anybody who says that he, he's avoiding cameras and Shabbos, he doesn't know what he's talking about. You walk onto Gold's Green Road, every three feet there's another camera. You go onto Hoop Lane, there's, there's cameras, I can show you them, there's cameras all over the place. At my house, we had uh, many years ago, we had a, when I came back from one of my son's Hasna, we had a Geneva. The guy on the back, I didn't even know there was anybody living in the house. The, the gentleman, the family lived in the, 
back to back with us, came very nicely, came knocking on the door, uh, it happened to the data, and he's been very sorry, miserated with, uh, with the loss that he may have. And then he said, I just want you to know that I've got cameras all around my house that shine into your garden, but just that area doesn't emit. It doesn't quite get to the area where, where they got into. So they couldn't, there was no pictures. But you know, you can't go into your back gardens, if, if you're worried about electricity, it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. Sensors everywhere. Every fridge has sensors all around the door. Not just sensors that, that, that are used for the, for the fans, it's sensors for the thermostat, and it's got many other sensors. It senses how many times you open and close the door. So that the, the computer in the back now knows exactly how many times you open and close the door, and it can register itself and, 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 and balance everything that's going on in the. Uh, you'll never find those in these sensors. There's about 10 to 12 sensors, they tell me, in the door of a, compu- of a, of a fridge. That's just a plain fridge. The new fridges, yeah. If you've got an old uh, Comet one from 12 years ago, you're okay. But, but the, the new fridges, well, well, listen, fridges don't last, so you're going to buy a new fridge. A new fridge. So, so, they, so these are all problems that I want to deal with. M- most of these are not real serious issues, because most of them you don't even know about, so you're okay. Uh, and even if you didn't know about them, you don't really care about them. You don't care how many times your fridge doors are open. So, so there's, if electricity is a director, we're entering into huge problems. If there's room to maneuver and we can sit as robots, it makes life a little bit more easier. At the moment, the practice is anything which is not relevant to a chayli, to a sick person, we take it on as a director. If it is relevant, then we downgrade it to a drabonah. That's the approach for the moment. But when it comes to Amri Lakum, when it's a Sarek Mitzvah, and the Sarek Mitzvah, there's a bit more room to maneuver. Somebody comes to me and says, I've got 40 guests, and my lights are off in my room, and the lights are all LED. Maybe there's room to ask it on too. There makes it much more room, gives us much more room to maneuver. I'm not telling you any of you to, to just rely on that just like that, but it gives their bonum, it gives the, the, the poskim, that little bit more flexibility when it comes to dealing with these serious items. We're talking about straight, straight up. Straight up. No remedies. Straight up. No remedies is only in the situation where it's properly not where it's permitted. Permitted for chayla. It's permitted for mitzvah. Straight up. I hope that's clear. I hope it's given you a bit more understanding of the, the struggles that we go through on a weekly basis when it comes to Amir Lakum. I just saw a beautiful vart today. I thought I'd share with you a very sweet vart from Shimon Schwab and I'll tell you, he says something very, very nice um, relevant to women. He actually talks about women there, so I think I thought, you know, I thought, oh, I've got something to say tonight. Rashi tells us on the Pasuk when Moshe Abbeinu sees Pasha's Kairach, when Moshe Abbeinu spoke to the to Kairach, the wording he used was Rav Lucho Bnei Levi. It's enough for you. Rav Lucho, he used the word Rav. And Rashi tells us, as I'll say, since he used the word Rav, when he was punished and he wasn't allowed to go into Israel, Geshbrok used the same terminology. He said, Rav Mechor al Don't continue to double Rav Mechor. They use the same Rav. But she asked a very simple understanding. What did he do wrong by saying Rav Mechor? Why should we use, why should Geshbrok use the same terminology when it comes to his punishment and Moshe Ben used with Korea? What's one got to do with the other? And he says a very, very, very nice thought. Very nice thought. So let's picture ourselves what's happening here. Korea was from the Levim. What was the Levim's job? What did they have to do? They had to undo the bit of Mikdosh the Mishkan every time they travel. They have to build the Mishkan every time they travel. They have to carry all the, the heavy kalim and, and the, the, the beams, etc. of the Mishkan when they were traveling, etc. They did a lot of hard work. But what happened when the Beis Mikdash was put up? Were they allowed inside the Beis Mikdash? Oh, sorry, it's not for you anymore, only for Kain. Not for you. you. You do all the hard work, you do all the toil, you work hard, it's not, nothing to do with you. Get out. The Kayan, who does nothing, he suddenly comes in, and he's a, he's a whole, he gets all the covered, and he comes in, he does all the Abayda, and everybody bows down to him, he's a crying God. It's not fair. Kayan's complaint was, why should they get all the covered? I want to be part of that covered. I should do all the work and get nothing. He says, Moshe Abayna to them, Rab, 
Mokhem Bnei Levi. He says, maybe you've got it all wrong. You're misunderstanding. There's no greater level the person for a person than working purely for the sake of HaKadosh Baruch Do you know what you're doing? Working without getting the, the covered at the end, without getting any of that respect, without getting the, the, the enjoyment of being able to do that. And that's, that's, that's a tremendous, that's the highest Madriga. On the contrary, you're asking to become a Kayan, you're asking to go down in Madriga. You, you want to lose some of your Lishma, you want to lose some of that tremendous uh, service of HaKadosh Baruch without any return, just purely for the sake of Shem Shemayim. That's Rabbah. Realize what, you, what you're giving up. Remember what you're doing. And Moshe Abedah came to Esther he wanted to go to Esther So, Rishbok says, I'm sorry, Moshe Abedah, you can't go to Esther So he started doubling, please let me in. I've worked so hard here. Yeah, I brought Kalishol all the way. Can you imagine? I brought Kalishol through, out of Mitzrayim, through the Midbar. 40 years in the Midbar. I've journeyed, we fought with Amalek, everything, everything. And I'm not even going to get my reward. I can't even go to Esther what word, what terminology did you use when it comes to when it came to Kairach? You said, Rav, I'm going to use the same word to you. Rav Lecha, Al Taisef. Why? Remember, you're not going to get a reward in this world. But you're going to serve our Kaddish Baruch. Purely for the sake of Kaddish Baruch, when you serve Kaddish you led Kaddish Baruch, just the Shem Shemaim. There can be no greater Madriga than that. Don't continue to daven anymore. Remember what you said to Bnei Kairach. Remember that, and you'll stop davening. See, so right at the end there, she says, imagine you're a woman. A woman comes to Shul Shabbos. She goes upstairs. She goes behind the machitza, she's not. You know, what, what a man comes in, he's got, you know, he gets an aliyah, and he gets shlishi, he can smile, everybody, he's got a shlishi, or he becomes a chazan, or, or everybody gets scratched in. It's a different world. He, he, gets, he gets all the pleasure. He can become part of a minion, he can create a minion. The woman doesn't have that. So he said, a woman comes to Shul on Shabbos. So what she comes to Shul for? Purely the Shem Shemayim. She comes to Shem Shemayim. Rabbachem. That's the greatest Madriga. Well, tremendous Madriga to come to Shul. Be able to dab to do a mitzvah. And it's the same when you prepare for Shabbos. A woman prepares for Shabbos. And who makes Kiddush? Oh, a man comes out. He makes Kiddush. Well, chutzpah. You worked all hard Friday. And he's been doing nothing. You know, lazing around. And you come up. Rabbachem. Remember that you're working purely the Shem Shemayim. There can be no greater Madriga than that. We should give us the Shemayim. That we should all be able to work with Shem Shemayim. And we should receive our reward and be as I go. From here, we may not. Amen. Amen.